Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Footballers. I'm your host, Hunter, and today I have Steve Stokes and Mets Gaming, Matt Lamborn, FIFA Ultimate Team legend, alongside me. Wise took a week off. He's traveling this week, but he'll be back with us next week. This week, we're going to talk about a variation of Team of the Season items and rebuilding squads when you should, what Kim style should you be using now, and a few other interesting items with some OP cards that aren't exactly OP. Matt, how are you doing this week? I'm doing all right, but I'm a little bit frustrated as per the point that you just alluded to. But I appreciate the awesome intro. That's that's what I'm here for most of the time. So thank you very much. Anytime, my friend. Just speaking the truth. And the best foot coach out there, Steve, a.k.a. the foot coach. How are you? I'm okay, Hunter. I appreciate the row back there. Still slightly <laughs> going to, what, what have I got to do to get introduced as a legend? Well, you got to be a fucking legend, man. You need to retire to, to get icon status. I've got to be, I am a legend in my own mind. You're like a mid, a mid icon. Mid icon. You're, you're not, we need you to hit prime status before you start uh, you. getting legendary. This is going to be a long hour, isn't it? Mm, hopefully not. So we got La Liga team of the season this week. And this is just my opinion, but the La Liga team of the season is 10 times better than the EPL team of the season. Do you agree, Steve? I think the power curve has just accelerated quite big time. Yeah, it's full of decent cards. It's full of cards that would get into, I dare say, most squads. The likes of Benzema, obviously Messi, and the two-stop Suarez there. I really enjoyed the, was it the Rule Breakers objectives card that we had? Flashback objectives card. And it's, yeah, that just looks great. If it plays anything like that did, Varane... (laughs) Our old favourite, Kunde. It's, yeah, I think they've just, they've upped the game and it, it really, it's, it's interesting to me that it's kind of left the Premier League team of the season pretty much standing. Yeah, it really has. Matt, what about you? What do you think about it? I don't know about leaving the Premier League in the dust, but I, I, I think there's a, a reasonably significant upgrade here. The trouble that you'll have is a lot of these cards are going to be priced out of most people's hands. So if you've played weekend league for the last couple of weekends and you're 
constantly coming up against very good BPL team of the season cards. I think you're going to see slightly fewer of those for La Liga, which I don't mind. I think it gets a little bit repetitive when everyone's sort of running the same teams. There's certain players in the BPL that were so well-priced to a point that you kind of had to buy them to be competitive for those couple of weeks that we've sort of been running on that league. I think this one will be a little bit different. This is mostly for the elite. There's very few cards here that are easily obtainable off the market, particularly the attackers, you know, your Messi, Benzema, Suarez, De Jong, etc. These are all very, very pricey cards. So uh, they should be scarce. And when you come up against them, you'll probably be in for a shock because they all look absolutely incredible. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I did notice, a diamond in the rough, if you will, if I had to pick a card that most people would look over in this squad, other than the the Gerard card, that Lucas Vasquez card looks yeah. extremely, extremely powerful. Uh, high, high, got the right stats in every location, probably put basic on him and he's going to give you more stat upgrades than any other Kim style. You could play him as a CM on seven Kim and he'd probably just get the job done for you. What cards would you guys like to get the most out of this as far as a, on a budget? Matt? Wow, budget's difficult uh, because... It's slim pickings because they're going to be overpowered, like you said. I, mean, I think given the time of recording, Jesus Navas is about 150k. I think that's an easy pickup because it's likely to rise as soon as this team goes out of packs. It's by far the, the dominant right back for that league with lots of good link ability. So I would put that in your club stock, even if you don't necessarily intend to use it right away, but I'm sure it's a good card anyway. And um, I would... Definitely back you on Lucas Vasquez. That's one that I'll be getting for my team because I do intend to at least consider purchasing Benzema to link up with the Valverde I packed a couple of weeks ago. And Nabil Fakir, again, very good card stats, whether he plays well in game because of his stocky build or not remains to be seen, but definitely one I would like to inquire about a little bit further, especially for um, Steve's 460 formations. Uh, Fakir and, and Vasquez could be the CMs that you're looking for to, to really break through the defensive line if you're playing that false nine system. It could, could be very good. Well said. Steve? Yeah, it's just funny you should ask, Hunter, because earlier today I was out driving and stopped to ask somebody for directions and they also sent me up a dead-end road. Uh, I think Matt's covered everything absolutely perfectly. <laughs> There's still um, a couple there for you. <laughs> it's, uh, Navas, totally. Um, I, I used his card in my Stars squad, I think, actually, going way back. It's always been a, a pretty good, strong OP card. Maybe better advice that I can give is a card to stay away from on a budget, and that'd certainly be Casemiro. Mm. Cheap, looks good, I suppose. We often talk about pace and what have you. Sometimes it's not that important, but 72 acceleration on a CDM is is not going to get you very far. Yeah, it's not going to get you far anywhere, really, at this point in the game. No. What surprised me is uh, Karim Benzema is extinct right now on PlayStation at 1.1 million, and he's going for 940,000 on Xbox. That's typically higher than a Kareem Benzema should go. Do we see anything different in this card that should suggest otherwise? Yeah, I think he's smiling on the dynamic image. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. It's quite stern on the others. He kind of looks like Ray Donovan, or is it just me? It does ever so slightly. Yeah, yeah. a little bit, yeah. Now you mention it. Sure. Getting a team, Karim. You got to work on that one, man. I'll try. So another thing that I noticed, we got level 30 Renan Lodi, but we also got flashback Marcelo. Does it seem to be a little bit redundant? I mean, we're going to have to wait a long time to even get that Lodi card. Is he going to be anything close to usable? At that point, I generally find that a lot of these objective cards, unless you're on a sh- shoestring, generally won't trouble your starting 11 
in just about every case that I've had this season. I don't think any of them have made my main team at any point whatsoever. They're great for, for squad building for people who, who don't have a lot of coins, who don't want to spend money on packs and still get you know some decently powerful cards for you know, just a little bit of playing time. Uh, but that one certainly wouldn't make it into, into my team, unfortunately. But this kind of brings me on to another point that I wanted to mention to you guys. And there does seem to be a sort of repeating theme with some of the cards that get into not just team of the season as per what goes onto the market, but stuff that ends up in objectives and SBCs or cards that have already featured in other promos earlier in the year, like we have Rodrigo in a showdown this weekend and he had a special card earlier in the season and it's not that much better than that one. And there's some other examples that come out in the last few weeks and it's just like they're really lacking a bit of imagination here and it and it sucks that when you've invested a lot of coinage into a, a special promo card a little bit earlier on and didn't necessarily think that a better version of that card would come in on, I'd use our Isak as an example of that. Um, not likely to get a, a shed load of informs. And now they've just gone and, and, and stuck him in team of the season. If he's, I don't watch a lot of La Liga, so if his performances justify inclusion, then fair enough. But there's just a lot of instances of that and I find that very frustrating. It takes away the achievement or the attainment factor of getting the original card that you got earlier on. And I guess it suits their business model. They want you to continually look to upgrade, of course, and spend money or at least uh, contribute to the game cycle by continuing to play to try and churn cards over. But I find that very, very frustrating indeed. Yeah. What I did notice is the the stark contrast between the amount of SBCs and the amount of items that we've already gotten on day one from La Liga team of the season versus how many SPCs did we get during EPL team of the season? One, two, or was it just the one, the uh, Belgian midfielder? I have no idea. I've just been scrolling through the season six season progress rewards and I'm currently transfixed by the rabbit Tifo, which appears to be a pink rabbit floating on either chocolate or shit. Can't quite tell what, but it seems to have... (laughs) Hundreds and thousands cake toppings dressed on it and reclining against a red cushion. So yeah, um, they must have been on drugs when they designed that thing. I, 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 I yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, so I'm assuming you're going to get the rabbit badge. Excited, yeah, but not you know obviously going to pick up the rabbit stadium theme first of all, which is equally exciting. What the hell is going on with this? Yes. Moving on, Steve. We digress. Content content yes of these new content cards we have two objective cards isak and william carvalho which one of these or both will you be getting into your squad i think i've got to go with both of them really just for the sake of grinding content or because you want them in your squad bit of both i suppose due to time constraints i missed completing rodri which i'm gutted about i saved a load of games Mm. with the intention of streaming them and never quite got around to it so it's a good card yeah i don't want to make the same mistake with these guys. They're both decent. I mean, Carvalho, I may be able to get him to link to the old Storylines Emerson card, the right back decent. Um, also plays for Real Betis. They're good cards. They're both good cards. The the only thing that, that's starting to emerge here, I think, from the objectives cards that's starting to become stark staring obvious is that EA don't really want us to link them. Most of these cards, you're going to get a yellow link at best. Very, very rare we get a nation and league card. You know, like Carvalho, for instance, Portuguese in the Spanish league. Ishak, Swedish in the Spanish league. We had the same thing last week, you know, obviously with Rodri, Spanish Premier League. So that's a little bit frustrating. Difficult to join these cards up. Maybe it's, you know, to encourage us to 
God forbid, I don't think EA would do this, but to encourage us to open packs or get onto the market and buy an icon to link them. Hard to imagine. But uh, yeah, it's getting a little bit frustrating. Yeah. What about you, Matt? Are you going to get these guys in your team? Or at least in your club? Not too fussed about Isak. Isak is so mad meta. No, I'm not fussed about Isak. That's right up your alley, man. The thing is with with the legendary Matt Meta is that defenders now, team of the season, caliber defenders are so quick and powerful that Matt Meta is is almost dead in the water at this stage of the season. So trying to buy or earn a player to fit that criteria is tantamount to suicide. It would be very frustrating at the very least. So is that not on my radar? Cavalio is an easy pickup through just a few squad battles. And I think it now is a good time if there has ever been throughout the season to play a few squad battles just to get some very basic rewards to try and grind out a few team of the season cards through packs. So getting Cavalio and the potential to pack another one just makes sense to me. In terms of getting in the main team though, Rodri fits into my new main team too well to consider putting in Carvalho unfortunately so whether he'll get any game time remains to be seen it might be a case of if there's a, a TOTS SBC that requires you to put a TOTS card in that Carvalho might be the one to be sacrificed particularly if they need a slightly higher one but this is something I wanted to run by you both very quickly there does seem to be a willingness on EA's part to to give away very powerful defensive cards and again like you were saying about linkability Steve and then perhaps trying to encourage you to buy your way around bad linkage. Mm. They're perhaps loading up players' teams with you know really good low-cost or free defenders to basically force other people to then, well, I can't break down that, so I'm going to have to upgrade my, my front line. And I think there is, in most of the teams that have come out so far, there's two calibers. There's very good TOTS cards relative to the team that they're in. And then there's the super elite ones that will actually make a difference. And those ones are very, very expensive. But those are what you'll need to break down team of the season defenders. A little bit of a conspiracy theory, but that's just the way I'm sort of seeing things at the moment. We've had a few strong uh, CDM objectives cards. Can't can't remember the last centre-back objectives card we had, to be honest with you. Probably is this Navas or Kevin Voland going back that far? Maybe wrong. I'm sure, the, sure the listeners would correct me if I am. Um, but it's certainly the CDMs that you can you can drop into the centre back position. Carvalho being the latest, I guess, and Rodri last week. Yep, back to back CDMs playing centre back. They both work. Also, um, if we may, a moment's silence for Matt Meta. R.I.P. I'm not giving up, but it's just much much harder. Thanks. Thanks for that. Never forget. We'll remember. Be all right, Matt. You can start over again next year for Matt Meadow. That's right. So it's always in its most prevalent in the first few weeks of the game. Yeah. Um, we we have these three SBCs. We talked about Marcelo a little bit already, but should they have given him a different work rate? I mean, low defensive work rate. I mean, nobody likes a fullback with low defensive work rates. What do you think, Steve? It's accurate. I mean, it's, it's Marcelo, really. He's always been that way. There's always been an argument in Brazilian football that he should be, or should have been. He's probably a bit over the hill now. His day's gone, but he should have been moved to winger much earlier in his career. He's, he's never really been a defender, Marcelo, really. Just a um, square peg slide into a round hole at Real Madrid, really. So... Yeah, I, it would make it a much more attractive card, but if you want to be loyal to the uh, to the player's actual real life attributes and uh, the way that they perform, he's yeah, he's got to be high low. 
I'm afraid. I mean, it doesn't have to be, though, right? We have promos called Rule Breakers and Future Stars that are basically fantasy items. So I don't know why they couldn't have uh, given them at least a medium defensive work rate. It's all about making the game enjoyable, right? That's what we want. Well, because it's a flashback card. It's, it's not a Rule Breakers. I mean, there's, there's got to be sort of limits. Otherwise, we'd just end up making up everything as we went along. So do you think people would have been upset if they had given him a medium or a high defensive work rate then? I would have been disgusted. You wouldn't have? Yep. I'd have, I'd have uninstalled the game. Matt, back me up here, Matt. Uh, I actually would side with Steve on this one. Sorry, Hunter. I think that- Oh, fuck off, Matt. <laughs> the, the, there's there's a necessity to, to stay grounded in what the, the player actually is like, true to life. Otherwise, you might as well just have no-name cards that EA just make up on the spot and they can create whatever they want in terms of a template for a player. Like this Foden character that they dreamt up the other year. I remember. Mm. Future stars. Was it Foden? Foden? Something like that. Fodder. <laughs> Good fodder. Fodder. Yeah. I, I like the... It's almost part of the, the puzzle-solving element of Ultimate Team. that You find a card that's attractive in some ways, and then there's the counterbalance that, okay, you're going to have to deal with the fact that the work rates aren't ideal. And I think that's part of the challenge of good team building and ultimate team is it's not just the card stats that are important. It's all these other factors, height, weight, body type, work rates, mm. all these things that you, you have to factor in before you make a decision to put someone on your team. So, yeah, I'm cool with it. And, you know, why would you want a player that doesn't play like he does in real life? So that just seems a little bit silly to me. So, yeah, there's other suitable fallbacks out there for your requirements if, uh, if a high-low one doesn't suit you. But uh, that's what Marcelo is all about. So I'm cool with it. You think it's just an American thing, Matt, all these Americans wanting to turn our, our sport into a novelty, you know, starts off with Super League and they want to change work rights. Could well be. Where's it going to end? <laughs> just gonna, look, man, we don't want to go down that avenue. I, I just think you, you, you need to get good at squad building. End of story. Yeah. And all these items that they're being given us last week, this week, I mean, we've gotten a ton of new cards onto the market and that's really wanting to make people alter their teams, blow up their squads, change them into something they haven't had before this year to spice it up because it kind of, you know, the game gets stagnant after a while with the same team. So a lot of people have been changing up their squads. I've been seeing them in the Discord, talking to people offline. Do we think this is the right time to be making massive squad changes or should we wait longer, Steve? Well, it depends, doesn't it, really? If you've got the right player and it's your team and it's your play style, then there's never really the bad time to, to get him in there. But I think that this is, I, I almost fell foul of this myself this week. I, I was looking at uh, Sergio Aguero and. I'm still looking at him. Yeah. Uh, really attractive card. And it, it, it's really just the, uh, the adage, I guess, that all that glitters is not necessarily gold. I, I could have got him in there, probably would have juiced my attack a little bit, a little bit of an upgrade over uh, Rodrigo Palacio. But. It would have meant sacrificing the Vidal SBC card, uh, replacing him with I don't quite remember who. And overall, I think it would maybe not have unbalanced the team greatly, but it would probably have weakened it. And you've got to be really careful around this time of the year where you can get in a particularly OP card. Just be careful that you're not you're not making sacrifices elsewhere in your squad. It's easily done. We, you know these these things are really attractive. A lot of them are really affordable. But just make sure that you're uh, you're seeing the bigger picture rather than just being drawn to the uh, the latest glittery thing. Yeah, Matt, have you made any changes to your squad, or or have you had the urge to make changes to your squad? 
I think if you've played weekendly the last couple of weeks and you're not loading up with team of the season cards, you, you're in for a very, very hard time. Yeah. I think that that's the primary factor. If you, if you're not playing competitive, I think you can wait and see if, uh, if anything else in the tots promotion really catches your eye and suits your team better. But if you want to play competitive, you need some of these cards, particularly the defensive ones, because the attackers you're going to come up against now, they're either going to be you know, high icon level or team of the season, maybe some team of the year cards. So you, you need that little bit extra, perhaps that you've been putting off that big upgrade and you've been getting away with it up until the start of team of the season. Now it's you, you just have to, unfortunately. And yeah, my team's rotated considerably, mostly due to a couple of cards that I've packed that have kind of forced my hand. But this is comes in exactly with what Steve was saying, that you, you pack something that looks unbelievable. I got um, the Valverde card in a uh, two-player pick pack, which was incredible. The card's worth just short of a million. So it's like, well, that's got to go in the team. And then this week in my red picks, I got De Bruyne. So it's like, okay, this is the start of an incredible midfield. I should be able to do something good with this. And I dare say that they're both good cards, obviously, but are they better suited to my play style than what I had before? And like Steve saying, I had the Vidal card. I had um, uh, the the latest version of Modric, whatever the promo was that came out. And they, they suited the way I played better, even though they're not better cards on paper. And now I'm, I'm struggling because I want to have this lovely looking red pick and team of the season and Kevin De Bruyne in my team, you know, flexing on the, the squad load up screen, put some intimidation into my opponent, but I can't play well with it because the left stick dribbling on the card is just fucking awful, quite frankly. So if you're trying to play Steve's 4-6-0, it's hard to, to get him in. So what I've been experimenting with is rather than having him as one of the, the CMs, I'm actually moving him into the striker role and dropping Pele into the CM role and that works a lot better because Pele can start and finish moves with good left stick dribbling, good pace, good finishing. Whereas KDB, he turns like a tank and feels very weak up against team of the season uh, level defenders. He just gets nudged off the ball very, very easily and certainly can't hold it up target man style. He's not strong enough. So very frustrating. I will persevere because I want to make it work. I want to have this one good red pick that I've had all year in my team. Um, but I genuinely think I'm I'm actually making my team slightly worse as a result. Matt Meta is dead. Long live Steve Meta. There you go. Hmm. Well, apparently he needs certain personnel to make Steve's Meta work. That's what it sounds like. Indeed you do. Yeah, you've got to have the right players in there. Otherwise, uh, it's not going to work. And there's it's, it's things like that, that that are easily overlooked. I mean, I appreciate in, in the example that Matt's just given there, the work rates are pretty much suitable to, to that 4-6-0. But just, uh, Matt's right, you know, you've got to upgrade your team to keep with the power curve, especially, as we said, you know, a few moments ago, it looks to be really accelerating with this uh, with this La Liga team of the season. But just just be careful that, you know, make sure that it that it suits you. And it's tough because, you know, you, you can't try these cards out without actually getting onto the market and buying them. Um, so I guess the advice would be, you know, be prepared to admit that maybe you've made a mistake in buying a card, you know, just because it, uh, it appears to be better. Don't be, don't be afraid of uh, shoving it back out there and, and going back to what you know. Good point. Footballers is brought to you by the Foot Academy Patreon. If you're serious about wanting to get better at FIFA and you want to have fun playing at the same time, Foot Academy is the place for you. By supporting the Patreon, 
Not only will you get access to ad-free podcasts, but you'll also get bonus materials, immediate access to the Discord, which includes guides, tactics, tutorials, videos, and much more. So if you like the sound of learning how to dribble, take advantage of space while playing Bielsa Ball and the 4-6-0, the strikerless formation, check out patreon.com forward slash foot academy. Once again, that's patreon.com forward slash foot academy. I think there's a, a certain psychological thing, particularly in the competitive arena, that you, you have to have confidence in the in the cause views. If you start having yep. seeds of doubt in your mind, like, oh, is this player going to get onto the end of that through ball or, or will we be able to finish in this result? And you will make the wrong decision and it will cost you goals or cost you results. Yeah. Confidence in the cards that you're choosing is paramount regardless if on paper they're better or worse. You, you know, you need to be able to back the players that you're picking. If you, once you start questioning whether that card's the right one, it's pretty much game over then. It'll be very hard to sort of turn it around. And it's, it's also a recipe for rage, isn't it? When you when that starts happening, mm. you, you start raging at the, uh, at the card, at the player, rather than, uh, than taking responsibility, I suppose, for... Uh, but not perhaps executing properly. Indeed. Yeah. That's one of the things about, uh, like Conte is still in my main squad, Gold Conte. And over the years, it's always been the issue. Oftentimes when I'm building up against somebody who's dropping it back, they've got the box just packed. Conte will be in a really good position to shoot, but I never pull the trigger because his shooting is just so bad. You know, that kind of touched home with me when you were talking about having players and having confidence in those players. The team of the year Conte last year was so good in the fact that you could shoot with him. So it added that dynamic. So if you can get a CDM that has decent shooting, that can really elevate your game. Even if you're not playing the 4-6-0, which you can find at patreon.com forward slash foot academy. Quick plug. Going forward, though, I really would like to add more balance to my squad since we're in the spirit of talking about squads. And I mentioned it earlier, chemistry styles. Do you find you guys using different chemistry styles now with these super juiced up cards relative to the ones we've been using with non-team of the season, team of the year cards. Uh, Matt? I'm a bit of a skeptic as to just how good chemistry cards are in a lot of instances. I think you you notice the benefit of them more, the lower rated the card is to begin with. You can sort of feel that that benefit of applying the chemistry card. But if a card's really good already, I, I tend to struggle to, to see or feel the difference a lot of the time. So in almost every case, I'll run a player for the first few games on basic just to see how they feel. And if, and if I spot a deficiency in a certain area, I'll maybe try a, a chem card. But I think with a lot of these team of the season cards, they're so overloaded in most categories of statistics that just your basic card just provides the right distribution of extra points to, to really round off the card rather than focusing on a certain area. But probably the only exception to that is some centre-backs still need a pace boost, so you're probably going to go for shadows still a lot of the time. But midfield and forward, you can probably get away with basic in a lot of instances. And you do tend to get the most additional stats from applying basic. Yeah, especially at this point in the game. And if you look at Lorente or the um, Vasquez card, if you put engine on them, which was that's typically the, the go-to card for me, the chemistry style card, you get a significant increase to your stats with a basic. I mean, like 20 25, sometimes 30 plus more points with basic. So if you're not using basic on these cards, strongly encourage you to to give that a try. And uh, you'll find that your players will be more balanced and uh, will be performing better for you. Steve, you have anything to add on this? Well, yeah, just one point that I'd make around the basic camp style really is that it's 
is really underrated, especially on midfielders. It's, we talk quite often about the two stat categories that you can't upgrade being composure and stamina. You should always pay attention to things that are as a premium. And if you check out the prices of chem cards, you would be surprised at how expensive a basic chem card is. And there's good reason for that. That's a good point. Mm. You know, there's only two chemistry styles that'll actually give a boost to reactions. Yeah. Yeah. I did know that. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Fuck you. It's artist and marksman if anybody cared. <laughs> I didn't. So smart, Steve. I should have asked you which chemistry styles they were. Artist and marksman. There we go. But I don't think anybody's used an artist ever in any FIFA. But you're so smart. Um, talking about, uh, I want to go back to to Matt's struggles with KDB. There's a, a strange connection with the body types. Normally, I think we've talked about this before. In previous episodes, but do you remember having the discussion about unique body types and how those cars just move different? They move better. They have their own unique body movements. They can kind of slip through defenders, make special things happen with the ball, such as like a root hullet. He's super tall, but he's got a unique body style. So he feels different. Kevin De Bruyne has a unique body style, which is so strange that um, maybe I should just try it again. Maybe the power curve has shifted so far, but if you put an engine on Kevin De Bruyne, He's got 87 agility, 90 balance with a unique body type at 5'11". He should feel great on the ball, I would think. Uh, it's. Are you saying you're having problems turning with him? Or what, what do you think it is? Because unique says he should be great. Yeah, he's not a quick left stick dribbler is the problem. So if you're trying to maintain possession of the ball, you know, trying to play triangle passing to try and build a defense splitting move in, in Steve's formation. You, you need to be able to to sort of pivot very quickly. And the ideal players for that are the diminutive sort of attacking midfielder types. So you, you players like Mertens or in Team of the Season, we got a Chiesa card right at the beginning, who is excellent for this specific task. At KDB, even the TOTS version, it's not very quick. Despite having high strength stats, it's a, it doesn't hold up well under scrutiny from Team of the Season centre-backs, put it that way. He's easily nudged off the ball. And where he, he comes into his own, he's obviously got phenomenal passing and, and great finishing, but just trying to get him into to those type of positions it is proven to be not easy. And the Valverde I packed is, is very similar in terms of the turning circle of a tank, but where he comes into his own, he can make defence-splitting runs, so getting on the end of through balls from a position where most people wouldn't expect to be punished. You know, they're expecting strikers to make those runs, not central midfielders. So when he comes in from behind, very devastating that KDB doesn't have that. So it's trying to find the right role for him. I think he needs to be positioned, based off my anecdotal experience, of course, in a position where he'll have more time on the ball. So a deeper midfield role is ideal. Maybe a, a flat midfield three would be better for KDB, whereas the 4-1-4-1, despite having two CMs, they're actually positioned more where cams should be, and cams thrive in that position, particularly if they've got a bit of speed. So your Diabalas, your Alejandro Gomez types are incredible in those roles, but slower central midfielders, not so much, especially if you can't turn them very quickly. It's hard work. Mm, it's interesting. De Bruyne's one of those cards for me that when you're dribbling with him, you know that you're always going to have the left stick hammering off the cuff. You're going to have a lot of this sort of noise going on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, maybe you could try uh, have you, you could try Artist that does give him a plus 15 agility, puts him at 97 agility, 99 mm. reactions, 99 dribbling. Could work. 
We'll give it a go. One of the only two chem cards that actually boosts reactions, funnily enough. Steve, i got a confession to make. Here we go. I set you up on that one. There's actually three. I just wanted to see if you knew. Do you know what the third one is? As Wise would say, cheesy peeps. Basic, by any chance. No. It's maestro. Or as most people like to pronounce it, maestro. Who pronounces it maestro? A lot of people. You'd be surprised. YouTubers. I, I would. And I did know that, by the way. Of course you did. Of course you did. Uh, so, going back who, to, to hey, high no, weight. Wait, 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 wait. Who memorize? If you memorize chem cards and you don't just go on a foot bin and apply them, <laughs> there's, there's something wrong. Who said anything about memorizing them? Of course I got foot bin pulled up. You're expecting me to know off by heart three chem cards. You admitted to knowing it. Well, I lied. Obviously. <laughs> hmm. That brings me on to another point, though, about chemistry cards that I failed to mention in my previous... Uh, nice segue. Now the conversation makes sense. Previous mention is I tend to not... I tend to not apply chemistry cards unless the card is on a perfect 10 chem. So if they're on 7, I don't... I just keep it on basic. That's just one of my rules. That's actually a good rule. A little fucking weird for memorising chem style. Okay. I do have engine memorised, though. Full disclosure. <laughs> How dare you know things. I know. Yeah, stop knowing things. Mm. Yeah, but playing uh, pro clubs quite a bit over the years, you, you learn quite a bit about height, weight, and how players move because you can determine how to build your player. Now, granted, in pro clubs, just a little background, every position, they get different stat allocations. But the one thing that's common is as you progress in height and weight, it changes how the stats interact with each other. So, for example, it, it goes in tiers of two. For those of us who are on the uh, the American system, it goes in inches of two. So, somebody who's 5'10", 5'11", they're in a certain category. As soon as you go to six foot to 6'1", they have a different tier. So on for 6'2", to 6'3", and, and onwards and downwards. Obviously, the shorter you go, the, the better the player feels and the faster they are, which doesn't really make sense to me, but okay. If you haven't played pro clubs and you're and you're getting bored with foot, give it a try. If anything, you'll learn how to build players and how they work, how to look for certain players when new content comes out in foot to make better decisions in SBCs or objectives or what have you. That's something that I've really learned going over the years, and it's come in handy with deciding which SBCs I should do, which ones I should stay away from. And I really put that method of, of thinking into into play this year, and I didn't do near as many SBCs, but the SBCs that I did do I hit on every single one of them, and I didn't regret doing any of them. Anybody have anything to add on that, Steve? Our tourist tip of the week. Just the tip. Prom night promise. Um, <laughs> I've always wanted to sample Hunter's tip. I, I, <laughs> just, I, I couldn't quite get it out quick enough. That's what she said. The tip? Wait. No, I said I was going to say let's leave it there. But that ship sailed, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. What are you guys looking forward to from... La Liga team of the season. Should we expect more SBCs? Do we think they're going to keep this promo as far as the the momentum? Are they going to let it die off and wait to to spark another one next Friday? What are we expecting to see? I was really disappointed with the the lack of SBC content from the Premier League team of the season. We we said right at the start of team of the season that we were expecting with the squads being reduced to fifteen, 
that there might be a bit more, um, well, you know, maybe releasing an extra objectives card during the week, certainly keeping the, the player SBCs coming. And I've unfollowed a lot of accounts on Twitter recently to sort of cut down on the toxicity, but I can imagine the, uh, the furora that, that's been kicked off by the, the lack of content around team of the season. I would imagine there's a lot of moaning out there about that, but I think it tends to be the case that once EA have, have set a precedent early on, they don't tend to deviate much from that. So I don't really anticipate much of a change, but I think it's disappointing. I think the uh, the 15 cards, there's, there's been a real letdown, and I, I think they could have done a lot more with it content-wise. I would agree on every single point. This is the most unexciting Premier League team of the season I can remember. Maybe it was by design. Maybe they wanted it to be different. Maybe they didn't want teams to be juiced up with Premier League cards. I don't know. Matt, do you have another conspiracy theory? You've already told us about two of them. Mm-hmm. Not really. Um, I mentioned in last week's episode that I thought that the the BPL picks were predictable and, and very safe. And then there's a few wacky choices and, and some ones that were left out when clearly they didn't deserve to be. So I've had my say on that one. I am looking forward to Eredivisie and Serie A. And of course, we do have League Un to come as well. So I think there's, there's still plenty of good content forthcoming. And I think if I'm right in remembering the Saudi league goes out of packs on Monday. So we're going to get a smaller league probably coming then. Um, so that's always good to look forward to. I think that there's, there's perhaps been more positive content in the smaller leagues that have been released so far than perhaps the bigger ones. And that's certainly an area for you to consider if you're on a, a smaller budget that you can get some excellent cards like Ismail Assar, who wasn't in packs, it was a, an SBC card, but that is a first-choice right-winger. It's absolutely incredible. So don't uh, turn your nose up at some of these small leagues. You've got to really examine the cards, get on foot, then go through everything, go through the body types, the work rates, the skills, the weak feet, and just try and work out what works best for your system. But I'm sure you'll find golden. I genuinely expect with the amount of special cars that we've had throughout the season for Eredivisie that that team of the season in particular is going to be phenomenal. I'd like to inquire, Mr. Lamborn, if I may. Yes. Why do you refer to it as the BPL, as if Welsh teams are still relevant? I'm just on the bandwagon, mate. What can I say? The English Premier League. EPL, BPL, Barclays Premier League. Technically correct. It hasn't been Barclays Ooh. for years, hasn't it? No. It's still Barclays, isn't it? Is it? Is it? Pretty sure it is. We can edit that out. I couldn't tell you who sponsored it, to be honest with you. Super League. They still have the Vauxhall Conference. Hmm. Oh, Coca-Cola Cup. That was my favourite. Rumbelows. Regarding content we're looking forward to, a lot of people in the Discord have been asking about Icon Swaps 3. And we did get three rounds of Icon Swaps last year. Are we expecting to get a third round relatively soon? Anybody have any insight on this? I do. Who knows, really? I suppose EA tend to, as I say, once they've set a precedent, they, they tend to stick with it. So based on the fact that we had three last year, probably have another one this year. And it would fit with the, um, as we were saying, the, the increased power curve, wouldn't it? If you had some pretty, well, what would have been pretty lively icons earlier in the game, they wouldn't be that outstanding compared to a lot of the team of the season cards. The only real advantage would be the, the links chemistry wise. So yeah, I, I can see it happening. Yeah, one thing that's different this year is obviously they brought back Icon SBCs in segments and the latest Icon SBCs have really gotten more interesting, more usable, I would say, even at this point in the game. What type of cards would we need to see 
in Icon Swaps 3 to make it even worth pursuing at this point. Because last year, I remember a lot of people didn't do most of the Icon Swaps 3. I mean, a lot of people went after uh, Dog Leash because he was good value where he was at. Uh, I think Kaka was another one, but uh, nobody was going to do Icon Swaps 3 all the way to the top, 21 tokens for Baby Zidane. What kind of cards do we need to see to make them worth grinding for? Matt, who would you grind 21 tokens for? Prime Hullet. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know that's not going to happen. Well, that's what I want. That's what will get me... More realistic. I don't fucking know. <laughs> that, that, that is, that's the kind of level I'm interested in, otherwise I, I don't care. You see, Matt, it, you're asked a reasonable question, you give a reasonable answer, you know, what more can you yeah. do? I mean, I'm not a massive like so hold it or bust. fan of, of of icons, generally speaking. You know, if I pack one, great. I, I don't like go crazy on the market for them or anything. Uh, I, I appreciate their utility. I think we've been using a lot of the same icons for quite a few seasons now. I, I'd love to see a refresh, get a whole new bunch of uh, of players in because they're mostly quite boring. That's just my personal take on it. But yeah, I want I want a hullet, please. And I want to make sure I don't skip over Steve. Steve, would you like to see any particular icons in Icon Swaps 3? Yeah, Prime Pele. Prime Pele. Hmm. I can see that, though. Or a team of the season, Charlie White. Speaking of shit that's sailed, man, that ship has sailed. I know, let it go. Yeah, okay, I get it. It's gone, man. Sad. Forget about it. R.I.P. Team of the season, Charlie White. Right next to Matt Meadow. Yep. <laughs> What are we thinking about this Champions League final? Chelsea going to win it all? I fancy Chelsea because I think Tuchel's system is a perfect counter to to Pep's and they've already beat them in the uh, FA Cup semi-final. Uh, I think Tuchel's got, got his number and whilst City perhaps have some greater individual players, I think Chelsea's system in personnel overall, like the combined sum of the individual parts is greater. So I'm back in Chelsea for that one, and I hope they do a very good showdown promotion to go with that because that will be very, very interesting to to watch. And, and who are you going to back? It will add a little bit of spice to the occasion. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Steve, who are you backing? Yeah, I hate to say it. Got to say Chelsea. I love what Tuchel's done, and I think there may well be a, a Tuchel tactic. Dropping into, right. the, uh, into the Foot Academy Patreon quite shortly, so watch that space. That's something that's certainly on the shortlist. And yeah, Tuchel, interesting guy. Very, very intense. Very, um, yeah. I wonder, he's one of these guys you think like, is he like that all the time? You know, when he's at home? If he's um, wallpapering or something, does he does he hang the wallpaper with, with similar intensity? I don't know, probably. Absolutely. Why wouldn't he? I, th- I think it's just him, isn't it? He's just one of those guys. I can relate, especially with the wallpaper thing. Wife's got me doing shit all the time, aggressively, with regards to, to home building, just to be clear. Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys see the uh, the way the media responded to Eden Hazard, quote, celebrating with Chelsea after just taking a loss in the semifinal? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a very British a very British thing to to sort of condemn that behaviour. I don't I don't see anything in it. He, he's he's seen his mates for the first time in, in probably eighteen months, so he's not going to like treat them like shit, is he? Just because they lost. So uh, it's it's a fucking nothing. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw it as him being a professional. I mean, he was with that team for a long time. There's obviously some nostalgia there, and he's you know just because you you leave a club, 
doesn't mean you have to to hate the club. Doesn't mean you have to to be upset with them. You know, it's perfectly fine to congratulate him. And and I didn't see it as celebrating. I saw it as him being happy for some some old friends, like you said, that he hadn't seen in a long time. Probably an unpopular opinion, but Steve, what do you think? I'm obviously very British because fuck every bit of that to me. As a footballer, your loyalty is to the shirt that you're wearing. It's to the badge that you've got on your chest. It's an extreme view. I, I, I get it to an extent, but as a supporter, I'd hate to see it. I'd hate to see one of my players doing that sort of thing. So if you must do it, do it down the tunnel. Do it in the changing rooms. Don't don't do it you know, publicly. Mm. It must be a, a, a British thing. I don't know, because when uh, when Brett Favre went to going to NFL here, but when Brett Favre went to the Vikings, um, that's a, a pretty big rival of the Packers, the team he basically came up in the NFL playing for. They they cheered for him when he came on the field at Lambeau. I mean, that, to me, that's that's class. That's fans saying thank you, Brett. Thank you for what you did for us. You know, it's I don't understand why there has to be disdain for other teams once you leave. It doesn't make sense to me. It's perfectly no. fine to be happy and, and a normal human being. That's that's different. I mean, that happens in in football as well. You know, if, if a player goes back to one of the former clubs, that you know that'll often happen. Um, unless it's somebody like do we, do we all remember the. Uh, the Emmanuel Adebayor occasion. Oh, that was glorious. <laughs> that was perfect shithousery. Absolute shithousery. He, he, he was a striker, played for Arsenal, an Arsenal legend. And he ended up being transferred to, uh, oh, I forgot this right, was it Man City that he did it yeah. with? Yeah, he was one of many Arsenal players that Man City had seemed to be picking up every summer. They were plucking away at Arsenal squad and Adebayor went for a lot of money. That's right and uh, scored a couple of goals in a big match against them. And because he was getting booed, because they considered him a, a Judas moving, um, he, he ran the length of the pitch to celebrate in front of the Arsenal fans, and they all pelted him with, with abuse. Oh, God, yeah, the, the whole like, stand nearly came onto the pitch. It was amazing. Was that before or after he'd been to Spurs? That was before he went? Yeah, he went to Spurs much, much later on, yeah. You mentioned he should do it in the locker room or in the tunnel. Why do you think it's acceptable to do it there, but not on the field in front of the cameras? I mean, it's okay to do it as long as nobody sees. Is that, I don't understand that logic. I mean, he's still doing it regardless. I mean, why not just do it and be authentic? You know what I mean? What the eye doesn't see, the heart doesn't grieve over. No, I, I, don't, I don't think it should be done at all, really, to be honest with you. Um, mm. I, I think that I just, it doesn't sit right with me. You, you should be in the, uh, in the dressing room. With your head hung down, listening to depressing music, and yeah, just maybe it's ready part and parcel uh, being a, a modern football, given that they're all getting paid so handsomely, regardless of the result. That the the pain of defeat is as great as it was twenty or thirty years ago, and you can go off the pitch and, and still be friends with the people who just beat you because you're taking home a big fat paycheck. Um, who knows? But uh, yeah, it's definitely, I would say a, a, a British quandary mostly. I'm not saying it doesn't happen anywhere else still, but this seems to come up a lot um, when British teams are concerned the British media poke their nose in. And uh, yeah. It's loyalty. Mm. I, I, I don't see how you can how can you actually go out there and battle and give your best for 90 minutes if, if you're in a I don't know, if you're in a, in a one-on-one with a player that happens to have been your mate I don't know. I'd find it hard to to go in as committed as I would perhaps as if it's if it's a player that I hated. Some of the best rivalries that we've had, let's say Roy Keane and Patrick Vieira, these are players that truly hated each other. And I don't think that 
if they'd ended up playing on the same side, they'd have suddenly become friends. I don't think football is about friendship. It's about loyalty. It's about teammates to an extent. But it's it's really about, well, to me anyway, I'm, I'm living in a bygone era, I suppose, probably here, but it, it should be about the badge, and that should be it. That's it. End of. Boom. You guys have anything else you want to add before we close? I'm good. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Likewise, just looking forward to uh, Wise getting back next week and explaining why the hell he's travelled halfway across the country to go to the middle of nowhere. You want some of that nice lobster? Is that what it is, do we think? Mm. Maybe he went to get some crabs. In the show. <laughs> some crabs. All right. That was Hunter's tip. <laughs> <laughs> that concludes the show this week. I am your host, Hunter. You can find me on Twitter at TheFootHunter, the underscore foot underscore hunter. Steve, I'm going to give you another chance. Where can they find you on Twitter? At TheFootCoach. So proud of you. Matt, where can they find you on Twitter? At LondoMattWith1T. Say hello sometime. Sounds good. We thank everybody for joining in, and we look forward to bringing you more fresh content next week. See you. Stay fresh. Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus.